Yo, what up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the EEIG Football Podcast. Great music. I'm your host, Eric Erickson, joined always by the commish, Connor McHugh. And today we got another special guest joining the show, our former league champ, Jordan Hazari. Jordan, welcome. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Just want to say big fan, long time, first time. Happy to be here. <laughs> You mentioned longtime listener. I feel like the podcast, I don't know about you, Connor, but I feel like the podcast is definitely building some steam from week one. You know, the first episode, we, you know, we kind of surprised people with the podcast. I don't know how they felt about it, but I think, you know, week two kind of dropped a bomb on them and we're kind of building some steam. Yeah, yeah I man, think I've, I've been here since day one. <laughs> I think that since we had, uh, like, we're inviting people onto the podcast, it adds a lot of flavor. And uh, I think our first podcast, you know, there's some growing pains, but we're pushing through. Now, this is a big week. This last week is a big week for EIG. Obviously, week one, the NFL season, so a lot going on there. Everyone had their week one matchups. But also, the EIG meetup happened last weekend. We embarked on Connor's hometown, Vancouver, Washington. What up? Went to Portland as well. Um, you know, crazy shit went down. Strippers' booty holes were licked. Um, Whoa! Good, good meetup <laughs> for the EIG. What'd you guys think of the the group meetup? Both yeah, you guys were yeah, there. Jordan. What'd you think? think, dude? Man, it was a great time. My second time to Vancouver, Washington. I gotta say, it's way better than Vancouver, BC. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Connor, you embarked on your hometown. Uh, what'd you think of everyone coming to visit the Coop? Yeah, I just couldn't believe you guys showed up. It's like, really, why would anyone ever go to Vancouver, Washington? So just the fact that you guys were there just made my whole weekend. And then I got to show you guys all the sites. We went to Three Monkeys, went to Shanties, went to Brick House, saw the two shell stations. I mean, what else is there? You know? Yeah, lots, lots of exciting stuff happened. Connor also completed his last place punishment by making uh, the total of 12 Instagram posts, so he did not take the minus two hit. Um, lots of adventures with that and uh, lots of good stories from – from his uh, completion of the last place punishment. Uh, I know Joe mentioned today in the Discord that we got to um, band together and figure out a last place punishment for this year. So if you got ideas, make sure you post in the Discord about what you think the last place punishment should be. And um, we're excited, you know, to get back with another episode of the podcast. Uh, on today's show, we're going to recap week one. Um, we're going to go over the waiver wire pickups today is Wednesday, it's Wednesday night right now. So everyone has, um, completed their waiver pickups and added new players. And then, um, we're going to wrap things up by going over week two. But before we jump into that, um, we want to go straight to our special guest, Jordan. Um, like I said, former league champ, but after the draft, Jordan was Jordan's team was a big topic of discussion. Um, a lot of talk about his his running backs or his lack um, thereof running backs. So before we get going, we want to give Jordan a chance to defend himself and talk about his draft and his team. Yeah, so I mean, I've had a couple of bad auction draft league experiences in the past. Um, I've done two of them before these last two years. And last year I got burned by spending a ton of money on Le'Veon Bell. And the year before I got burned by spending a ton of money on David Johnson both of which got me exactly zero for the for the year. <laughs> so, you know, I went in, I think I was a little gun shy on spending, mm -hmm. paying up for those top couple tiers of running backs. Mm. Um, and, you know, it got a little dicey in those middle rounds because it was just me and Hovey who both had a ton of cash and no running back. So we were kind of bidding each other up. And it didn't help that Spencer had already taken, what was it, seven of them by that point. Um, so... You know, it was a little rough there in the middle rounds, but 
I think my receivers make up for it. Overall, I'm pretty happy with my team. Um, and I mean, the fact that we went out there and outscored 10 out of 11 teams this week one kind of goes to show that you can't listen to the critics. You know, there were there were uh, a lot of people throwing shots at my team. Specifically, I'm thinking of one league member who may or may not may or may not have been a, a guest on your guys' show. Mm. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, I think it shows that those chumps at Fantasy Pros just really have no clue what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, what's going on there? Were you guys reading those rankings backwards or what? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> was there uh, was there anyone in the draft that you were actually specifically targeting? You know, I think we all have a couple guys we really like more than maybe like the experts like. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I really like Keenan Allen, especially with any sort of PPR. So mm-hmm. I thought getting him at 29 was a really good value there. What about running backs? Is there any running backs that you going in, you thought you were going to go for, but then maybe their price went a little higher than you're expecting. And then you end up, had to end up backing off. I mean, I think you guys know my answer to that. It's Austin Eckler. <laughs> we, well, Austin, uh, Austin Eckler. Well, yeah, you're going back and forth. I'm talking about kind of the early on, maybe some of the, the, the top tier running backs were, were those any of you guys you were kind of maybe thinking about pulling the trigger on, but then weren't able to just because maybe you thought the price was a little too high. I mean, maybe. Obviously, I I would have liked to have one of those top three and uh, McCaffrey, Camara, or or uh, Saquon. Ronald Jones, Saquon. Yeah, Ronald Jones. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like I said, I think I just got scared of that price tag because of those past experiences, so couldn't pull the trigger. For sure, and we're gonna dive more into Jordan's team uh, t- today on on today's pod as we you know recap week one and also get into week two and how his team is looking there. Um, but we got a lot to get to today, so let's get going with today's show. Uh, first, we want to talk a little bit more about the the league meetup. So you know, as we mentioned earlier, we were down in Vancouver, and you know, there was, there was a lot of talk about um, the week the week one week one's podcast, and uh, especially a lot of talk about the picks that were made between Connor, Joe, and I, and uh, you know. Connor picked himself and myself and Joe picked Curtis. And there's so there's a lot of talk about Connor's team, Connor defending his own team. And uh, because of that, there, there are some bets made between Connor and I. And, uh, you know, I think there's gonna, as, the, as the show goes on every week, I think there'll be more and more bets that we make as we discuss players and teams and matchups. Um, we just kind of want to recap um, the bets that we did make for those of you who weren't there. Maybe um, you weren't there when the bets are made or for those who weren't able to make it out. So we got three that we're going to talk about. The first one is um, I had to continue to defend my boy Matt Ryan over the weekend. So I okay, all right, wait, hold on a second. Wait a second. This all started because Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan were the same exact bid value during our auction, eight dollars. So we were talking about it, and I was like, "How can you say Matt Ryan is the same worth as Aaron Rodgers?" So I was saying that Matt Ryan was a huge overpay, and you know, of course, Eric likes to just you know get me riled up. You know, he likes to, you know, push my belly and, you know, yell at me. So anyways, go ahead, Eric, now that, that it's been introduced. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay back in Matt Ryan. So I have Matt Ryan to score more points per game than Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, after week one, I'm looking pretty solid. I think Rodgers had about 12 and Ryan was about 18. And really, Matt Ryan didn't even have that great of a game, real football-wise, and he's still able to outscore Aaron Rodgers. So keep your eyes on that one. It's points per game, not total points. So it kind of accounts um, if someone were to get hurt by injury, it takes that into effect. So that's our first bet. Our second bet, um, there was a lot of discussion last week about Connor's RB2, which is Gio Bernard. And uh, Connor also had a lot to say about Melvin Gordon, which, you know, I'll continue to debate Connor on his Melvin Gordon takes. I don't think they're very good, but, you know, we're going to we're going to put our money where our mouth is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm taking Melvin Gordon to score more points than Giovanni Bernard in uh, weeks one through 16. 
So who knows when Melvin Gordon's going to come back, but I think when he does come back, he's going to outscore Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard had a much better week one than I thought he was going to. And yeah, you know, actually, wait a second. Let me wait, hold on a second. Let me just bring something up real quickly. You know, everyone at the at the meetup was just shitting on me for liking Giovanni Bernard. You know, like it was incredible. So we go and watch the games on Sunday. You know, and I'm kind of curious because we're I'm like trying to watch the Seahawks game. They're playing Cincinnati. I can watch my boy Gio. Literally, the first half he had zero points, and then everyone left. And I was like, God damn it! He starts going off in the second half. He got me seven points, man. What a stud. And, you know, the reason he was even in there in the second half is because Joe Mixon and her is her. And, you know, hopefully for me, for myself going forward, Joe Mixon will be, you know, back this week and healthy. And Connor's obviously thinking the opposite. He wants Joe Mixon out as long as possible. Either way, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Gio Bernard moving forward and uh, with Melvin Gordon, um, depending on when he comes back. So that's our, our second bet to look out for. And our third bet is a little bit different. Um, I don't remember how this came up this weekend, but <laughs> essentially, oh. Con- Connor made the accusation that it's not an accusation, right? <laughs> Connor made was... a sta- declarative statement that <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is for sure a closet homosexual. Well, well, I just said in the closet. I did not say a closet homosexual. There's Eric. There's there a, a there's a whole span of sexuality these days. You can't just put people in buckets, okay? okay. Okay, so either way, so Connor is basically ready to confirm that Aaron Rodgers is in the closet. So we have a bet. Um, Connor is taking that sometime in Aaron Rodgers' lifetime, he will come out of the closet. And I'm taking that he will die before that happens. (laughs) So this is an Aaron Rodgers lifelong bet of $100. So, uh, no, we have a verbal proof of this now. Um, It's going to be on the interwebs forever so was that just straight up a hundred dollars or did you have odds on that no no odds at all no odds. so straight up a hundred dollars straight up don't know how much that's worth it for either of us considering how long this bet will take to uh get cashed out potentially who knows maybe he'll come out tomorrow and i'll lose but true um it'll be, definitely be interesting to see so those are those it for those who missed the eig meetup the those are some of the highlights of the weekend. Um, while we were in Vancouver, we also all got we all went to Buffalo Wild Wings and, and watched uh, a lot of games of Week One of the regular season. So what we want to do is we want to go over each of the matchups, talk about some of the big performers, talk about some of the busts, and talk about those who got victories and and who those who start off the season zero and one. So looking at the scoreboard here from Week One. Um, First game I'm going to pull up is a little bit of upset uh, based on the expert picks of last week. Uh, Connor McHugh with a convincing victory wow. over Curtis. Um, wow, really? 129 <laughs> to 83.4. Really? I'm going to call it an upset. All right. Um, a, lot of, a lot of big scorers for Connor this week. Uh, and none bigger than Christian McCaffrey. 37.9 points for him. Um, 19 carries for 128 yards, as well as 10 catches for 81, two touchdowns on the ground. Connor, you obviously uh, spent the big bucks to get McCaffrey. Um, you know, how happy and satisfied were you with his performance? What do you think of his uh, showing on, on Sunday? I mean, I thought it's it's funny because I was kind of glancing at that game while we were at uh, BWW or B-Dub Dubs. Is that what they say? I don't know. But uh, he's definitely the focal point of that offense, and Cam Newton did not play very well. So, it was pretty clear to me that uh, he's going to f- absolutely feast. Now, I don't expect him to get 37.9 points every game. It'd be nice, uh, but I don't think he will. But anyways, I think he's probably going to be the best running back in the league with a half PPR setup. 
uh, over the course of the year. So I'm pumped about that. And I actually, I think my team slightly underperformed and I was the third highest scorer. Uh, one of the things was that George Kittle had two touchdowns called back from flags and Aaron Rodgers obviously played the Chicago Bears and didn't have a great game. So I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Uh, also, another big performance for Connor out of Evan Ingram, uh, one of Connor's uh, you know main targets. If you remember from the first podcast, 11 catches for 116 yards and a touchdown for him. So while Kittle did have those two touchdowns taken away, um, kind of Ingram more than made up for that with a big performance. And uh, going over to Curtis's team, uh, not a lot of not a lot of uh, big numbers for him. Um, Saquon Barkley is leading score at 15.9, but that's kind of what you're going to expect from him. Um, but obviously for him, uh, you know, probably the main thing he's looking at is a 5.2 points from Cam Newton. Um, you know, Connor mentioned that McCaffrey is pretty much the whole offense for Carolina, and nothing really going for Newton. Um, 25 for 38 with 239, zero touchdowns, an interception, and a fumble, and just three carries for negative two yards for Cam. Um, for him moving forward, uh, Jordan and Connor, either you um, kind of curious to see or surprised at the limited amount of rushing attempts for Cam? I think that he's having some injury issues over the past couple years. So they're trying to limit his uh, rushing ability, which, to be honest, was one of his greatest strengths and allowed him to throw the ball around because teams had to respect it. Now that maybe they don't have to, who knows how well he'll do. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's obvious they're doing something to limit his rushing these last couple of years. Uh, but if he can get that back up, he could be one of those top-tier quarterbacks again. And, and yeah, for Curtis, you know, Newton's is kind of one of many disappointing performances. Miles Sanders, only 3.2 points. Dante Pettis in a big, juicy matchup against Tampa Bay, only 1.2 points. Stefan Diggs, mm -hmm. only 4.7. And uh, on his bench, some big scores. Mark Andrews at 20.8. Obviously, Baltimore with a big offensive performance against Miami. And uh, Russell Wilson on his bench, 16.6, um, not a huge number, but obviously a lot better than Cam. There's a little bit of a story to uh, Curtis's quarterback play um, about, I don't know, maybe. He uh, got screwed, okay? Maybe, what do you mean there's a story? You screwed him. Maybe about five or 10 minutes before kickoff, uh, you know, Curtis sat down on the couch and uh, there was, I think it was me, Joe. Uh, I can't remember who else was sitting around. Jordan, I think you were there, Chris, maybe. Uh, and Curtis was talking about how he decided to bench Cam Newton and um, go with Russell Wilson. And then me and Joe are kind of just uh, looks of disbelief on our face, asking him why. Because, the, you know, the Carolina Rams matchup, two, um, you know, high-scoring offenses, not great defenses, um, was actually projected as one of the highest-scoring games of the day. And it actually it was. The two teams combined for 57 points, but, but just not a big performance from Cam. So, you know, I think... As uh, most of you guys always say, just uh, never listen to the Erickson brothers. I think it's probably the best advice. I'm just saying, Jordan, I think there's a consistent theme here, right? Which is that they just happen to be wrong all the time. Yeah, it know? sure seems like it. <laughs> yeah, but either way, you know, no matter who Curtis started at quarterback, wouldn't have been enough to uh, beat Connor with you know a big performance, 129 points. Obviously, if he can uh, repeat that performance every week, he'll definitely be a contender for the league title. And uh, now we're going to move on to uh, the highest scoring matchup of the week. Two highest scoring teams, actually. Uh, Joe Erickson squeaks out a victory, 138.8 to the 136.2 of Jordan. Uh, hear ye, hear ye, a great team name. Uh, so, Jordan, uh, you know, obviously you're happy with the performance your team got, but, you know, despite that, still take the loss. Uh, what are your feelings about uh, how week one went for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough break, but, you know, 
I got a t- I got a group of tough guys here, and uh, we coach them up to not dwell on the past. So we've been working hard, looking towards our second get, second week matchup against Macquarie here. So you know we're we're moving past it. We obviously put in some good performances, so we'll take a positive out of the week. So I, I think Joe took his victory on Monday night um, with Drew Brees. Um, Drew Brees won a four twenty point scores for Joe. So that included Drew Brees, Le'Veon Bell, and then his two Colts, Marlon Mack with 25.4 points, his leading scorer, and T.Y. Hilton just behind him with 24.7. Um, I think a lot of people were maybe scared of drafting some of the Colts after Andrew Luck's retirement. Um, Joe kind of went all in on him with taking Mack and Hilton, and it paid off um, real big for him in week one. So it'll be interesting to see how that um, combo of the two Colts players does moving forward. Uh, looking at Jordan's team, I think the biggest disappointment for you, Jordan, I'm going to say is probably Jameis Winston. Projected 18.7 points, only finishes with 6.9. Nice. Um, kind of what were your thoughts on uh, Winston going into the weekend, and how are you feeling about him um, after week one? Man, I was so pumped for Jameis Winston this week, and he, it was his performance was just absolutely disgusting. I, I, had, to, I had to turn my eyes away. I couldn't watch. It was ridiculous. I mean, come on. What are you doing? Yeah, 20 for 36 for Winston. Only 194 yards, one touchdown, but three interceptions. Um, I think, you know, with Bruce Arians coming in, a lot of people had high expectations for Winston. Um, He's obviously always in a fantasy-friendly offense, and going against the 49ers, uh, a not-so-great defense. I think, you know, in all fantasy leagues, people were expecting a lot of big things from Winston, and he just uh, didn't produce. Um, but on the other end of things, uh, Jordan did have three 20-point scores. Um, one of those, Mark Ingram, your number one running back. Uh, big day for him. Obviously against Miami. Not the best team in the league, I think we learned. Um, the worst, probably. <laughs> but still a good sign for for Ingram. Um, kind of a performance that came out of the woodworks, TJ Hawkinson, um, in the 27-27 tie. Finishes for six catches on nine targets, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Jordan, I don't think you were expecting that out of Hawkinson every week, but um, kind of what, what's your excitement for him now after his week one performance? Yeah, I mean, I just like the way he looked in the preseason, and, you know, he's obviously a very talented player. So I was trying to target him in, in every league, just getting him for cheap at, in the late rounds, or in this case, for a buck at the end of the draft. You got him for a buck? Oh, yeah. my goodness and uh keenan allen you mentioned him earlier 22.3 points for him eight catches on 10 targets for 123 and a touchdown you know i think um his connection with phil rivers is always obviously always there so uh you know don't expect him to slow down much but um you know really i think on the last pot i said that joe was going to win but this one was going to be really close you did uh, you know i think that's right obviously you know Jordan's disappointed um, being the second highest scoring team in the league and, uh, you know, being on one. But, you know, given our how our playoffs work, um, still a great week for you, given that even if your record isn't there, your points can still make up for that and get you into the playoffs at the end. Yeah, I think that's kind of the MO of my teams usually. You can see as evidence from last year when I was 7-6 and six in the regular season and still managed to win the championship. So... <laughs> For sure, and now we're going to move on to uh, the final game featuring one of our hosts here, and that's myself. Um, I take home a victory, being Ben Hazari, 109.1 to 103. You know, a lot of talk last pod about my quarterbacks. Um, obviously, I had what, what I had to say about quarterbacks, and then uh, Mitchell Trubisky goes out, only gives me 8.1 points, and, you know, that quarterback that I wanted, Kyler Murray, sat on Ben's bench and gave him a 21 spot. 
um, but I was still able to squeak out the victory behind some big performances um, from David Johnson, my first pick, um, with 22-7, and then a surprise performance from John Brown. Um, he was a $2 wide receiver for me, seven catches on 10 targets for 123 and a touchdown. Um, you know, I just like Brown because he's the number one receiver um, in offense um, with Josh Allen, a guy who is not afraid to sling it around. So, you know, I'm not expecting 21 points out of John Brown every week. I am optimistic about him moving forward. And I do think some of my players who maybe didn't perform well in week one will be able to pick up the slack. Um, I also had 25 points from Dalvin Cook, two touchdowns from him. So big game there. I also think that Ben's team slightly underperformed. You look at Devontae Adams with only 5.6 points. He had Darius Geis, who I think got injured, only 5.3. Hunter Henry also got injured. So, I mean... Basically, I think there's a lot of upside with Ben's team. It just, you know, one of those weeks, you know, didn't go his way. Yeah, all, he had to, all he had to do was bench his defense and he would have won. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Jacksonville Jacks just giving him a negative Dude, why seven. did he play defense against the Chiefs? Also, I was just going right, to say that. What? A terrible yeah. play by Ben. Wow. Um, you know, you know, Jaguars defense, probably good in 2014, I would say. But I don't think it's it doesn't matter who how good a defense is when they're playing the Chiefs you should never play a defense. Um, so while you can feel bad about Ben's defense costing him the game, not really because it was a terrible play in the first place. Plus he had you know Michael Gallup and Deshaun Jackson on his bench doing absolute work. I mean I really think once he puts those in his lineup his team will be a lot better. Yeah, and I don't know how much those guys will be able to play just because of the other receivers he has. Um, obviously, he'll be able to probably get one of them in the flex. But um, yeah, he's probably gonna put Breda in for Geis and then put one in the flex. Who knows what he'll do? But uh, he'll—I mean—he put Jags against the Chiefs, so he might just bench him again. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, wanted to touch on Josh Jacobs' big performance from him. Um, becomes the first player since Ladainian Tomlinson to go for 100 total yards and two touchdowns in his NFL debut. Um, he had 23 carries for 85, two TDs, one catch for 28. Um, big performance to him, big win for the Raiders. But, uh, you know, I think he looked really good in his debut. And um, I'm really optimistic about him moving forward. Any other thoughts on, on that matchup? Maybe not as high scoring as your guys's, but uh, still a victory for your host here. All right, I'll take that silence as you got uh, lucky, Eric. You got fucking lucky, dude. I'll, I'll you got so lucky. As a sign like, of respect and we'll you played on. Mitch Trubisky <laughs> and, and you won. I'm so lucky. Uh, let's move on to a matchup uh, between Andrew McCrory and Chris Smart. Uh, McCrory takes the win 126.8 to 116.8, a 10 point victory. Um, yeah, I think the first thing we got to talk about with Andrew's team is none other than Sammy Watkins. Enters the week projected at 8.9 and finishes with 42.3 points. That's nine catches for 198 yards and three touchdowns. Um, obviously, with Tyreek Hill going down, um, sounds like he's going to be out for four to five weeks. Uh, what do you guys think of Sammy Watkins moving forward? Where do you think he kind of ranks among the wide receivers? Dude, he's the Lizard King. Okay, he he actually doesn't believe he's a human being. He tweeted it. I checked it. I think Lizards are great football players. He's going to be a wide receiver one for the rest of the year, at least till Tyree Hill comes back. Yeah, I agree. I think it might have been the steal of the draft that, let's see, nine bucks he got him for. I mean, wow. that's great value. Wow, and uh, so, yeah, Andrew got 42.3 out of Sammy Watkins. Um, 
that more than made up for a lot of disappointing performances from his team. Laren Fournette with 9.4, James Conner with 8.5. Those are his top two running backs. Not much there. Jared Goff with nine, just 9.4. Philip Lindsay, 8.6. Some uh, pretty mediocre performances from his studs, but um, Watkins more than made up for it. And uh, obviously for, for Andrew, Antonio Brown on his bench. Uh, Antonio Brown seems to be in the news every day, always for something different. Um, Saturday, he was released by the Raiders after posting a strange YouTube video recording a phone conversation between him and uh, John Gruden. Um, that same day, he was picked up by none other than the New England Patriots. Oh. Uh, you know, we actually went to Andrew to get a quote from him um, to see how he feels about his star wide receiver. To quote McCory, he says, I violently decline any allegations against Antonio Brown. He is a stand-up guy and will be featured as my wide receiver one once it's confirmed he'll play. Uh, McCory was then asked if he was going to uh, drop uh, Brown if any of these allegations coming out against him are true. Um, Andrew responded with the quote, no, simply because he'll get picked up by an XFL team, and I'm assuming I'll still get points for his action there too. So who knows? We may see uh, Antonio Brown on the Seattle Dragons in the future. And, you know, um, you guys, uh, I'm, a, I'm a sports reporter, uh, you know, sometimes. And I actually went to Antonio Brown to get a quote from him. And uh, here's what he had to say. Antonio Brown, quote, I jack my dick on your back. <laughs> slept with you in bed. Fuck your knowledge, bitch. I Fuck your knowledge, bitch. Before I even knew you. You hit me up online, bitch, crying. I didn't hit you up. End quote. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's like Aristotle, you know. <laughs> uh, not to make uh, light of the allegations against Antonio Brown, I'm sure you've all seen it. Uh, his former trainer accusing him of sexual assault. Um, if you guys were Antonio Brown owners, what would you? What would your thoughts be right now? What would you be expecting to get out of him uh, moving into week two? I don't want to touch that with a 20 foot pole, but I do think that he'll play for the first couple of weeks. Um, but who knows after, you know, leading towards the end of the season, I just don't know if there's stability there. And one thing I want to say too, is that uh, this matchup, uh, all of the people on the podcast last week had Chris winning and it looks like Andrew came and was able to take it. And actually he sent me a couple of texts just reminding me that everyone predicted Chris to win. So good job, Andrew. Yeah, I think that won't be the last thing we hear from Andrew anytime anyone picks against him. So uh, if you plan to pick against Andrew at all this year, expect to hear something from him. Moving on to Chris's team, just to recap real quick. Um, 27.2 points from Patrick Mahomes. 27.1 from DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, he drafted those guys as his two studs, and they performed like it. Um, just 12.8 from Zeke. Um, but think that might be one of his – that could end up being one of his lowest games this season. Um, expect big things from him moving forward. Uh, Chris uh, drafted Trey Burton as his tight end, who was injured. He got zero points, obviously, because he didn't play. Uh, Chris picked up Kyle Rudolph as his tight end because he was playing, but also got zero from him. So curious to see um, where Chris decides to go moving forward to the tight end position, and he'll obviously need to get some more production out of that spot. You guys yeah, his, uh, his bench totaled 2.7 points. That's... Not a lot of depth there. The one thing he has going for him, though, he has McCole Hardman, who I think is going to take over the Sammy Watkins role as Sammy Watkins takes over the Tyreek Hill role. So that he might be able to get some uh, some points there. But he's having some real issues at tight end. I hope he try to fix that soon. Yeah, just to touch on Hardman, Miko Hardman. Um, I think he was a second round pick for the Chiefs. Um, the 
he's a bit deep play threat. I think they kind of, when the time, when they drafted him, Tyreek Hill had his um, allegations out as well as unsure whether he would be a chief going into the season. So I think um, Kansas City drafted him thinking he could be a guy who, you know, obviously isn't Tyreek Hill, but could give them the same kind of uh, talent. Uh, moving on, um, a team with much discussion on last week's pod, Spencer. Uh, takes down Jerry, 119.5 uh, to 106.9. Obviously a ton of talk about Spencer's running backs um, and after the draft in last week's pod, but it was his wide receivers that provided the big day for him. Um, none bigger than Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown Hollywood. for the Ravens. Uh, just five targets, but four catches for 147 yards and two touchdowns in his NFL debut. And 12 snaps. He only played 12 snaps the whole game. He ran eight routes, had five targets. So yeah. ridiculous. So he puts up the big day. Randall Cobb also with the touchdown, 14.9 points, four for 69. Nice. And a touchdown. Um, None of us could have expected this from Spencer's receivers, but you know, what are our thoughts about his team moving forward now after seeing what they did in week one? What do you think, Jordan? I think, I mean, he's obviously got the running back depth. That's what we've all been talking about. And if he can put up numbers like this from his receivers, he's going to be you know, a pretty strong contender going forward. But that's the thing, if he can. I mean, Randall Cobb is the third best wide receiver on the Dallas Cowboys, right? But he's Brown. It's kind of a you know question mark. Obviously, he did amazing last week and could obviously be – fantastic over the whole season but there are a lot of question marks what i thought was pretty interesting was that Devonte freeman and carry johnson and sony michelle really didn't do that much so actually he left a lot of points on the bench because derrick henry and damian williams kind of went off so he'll obviously have to sub them those in next week but out of the i want to say six different roster spots that he had he's already kind of lost three of them or at least they didn't do that well week one yeah i think the yeah. hardest thing for spencer um, going forward week to week uh, until he does decide to make a trade with someone is picking which running backs he's going to start yeah. And, yeah, uh, you know, point. as you mentioned, Derrick Henry and Damian Williams on his bench. Henry goes for 28.4 points, 15.5 for Williams. Um, uh, Sonny Michelle, and then on the other end of that, Sonny Michelle, he starts 1.4 points, starts Devontae Freeman, 2.6. Carry on Johnson, um, a really good matchup, but a disappointing performance, 7.2 points. But even despite that, still a victory for Spencer. Um, he also has Sean Watson, gets 30.6 from him. And uh, that was despite Jerry starting Lamar Jackson, who scored 33.4 points, goes 17 for 20 for 324 and five touchdowns. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Lamar? Is this more um, Lamar Jackson make, taking that next step um, going into his second year as a quarterback, or is Miami just that bad? I would say it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, we saw flashes of it last year. He had some some really strong performances. But, yeah, I think mainly it's it's just Miami is terrible. Yeah, Miami is the the gutter of of the league, and uh, I, I'm just gonna stream whoever's playing against Miami at quarterback. So I don't think. Yeah, and we'll get we'll get to more who's playing uh, Miami at quarterback a little bit later. Um, but continuing on Jerry's team, not too many. Was that a uh, smirk I could hear in your voice? Are we gonna? <laughs> is that what I heard? Maybe spoiler alert. Maybe. Um, but besides uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously 33.4, huge game. Not too many other. Um, Big performances at Jerry's team. Just uh, some 10 spots around. Nick Chubb with 10. James White, 10.7. Tyre Lockett has the one touchdown catch, 10.9. Darren Waller had a pretty big game on Monday night, 7 for 70. Um, So good to see that out of him. Um, But uh, besides the Ravens defense, no one else in um, getting up above 10 points for Jerry. And uh, Tyrell Williams on his bench. 
um, with 19.5. I'd probably expect him to see, to see him and Jerry's starting lineup moving forward. Yeah, I think that, I mean, Hill obviously got injured, and I think overall his team saw he underperformed. Cooper Cup, I don't even know how well he did, but Goff didn't play well. And he's got Delaney Walker on his bench. He might pull Connor McHugh trick and play two tight ends, one in the flex. It's working out for me so far, but I think he'll bounce back. Um, Delaney Walker might be available. I just got to ask Jerry and see, uh, see if he knows. Uh, but to wrap things up from week one, um, we're going to go to our, our lowest scoring winner. That's Hobie's Heroes. Ekes out a victory on Monday night, 103.2 uh, to 100.5 over Tristan. Um, Hobie gets the late touchdown from Emmanuel Sanders, who finished with 17.1 points and gave him the victory. Um, but first, looking at Hobie's team, I want to start with Austin Eckler. He was obviously a topic of discussion on the last pod. Um, a lot of discussion about what he had to pay for him, but you know, so far what Hobie paid um, is paying off because Eckler puts up 36.4 points. Um, he has 12 carries for just 58 yards and touchdown, but six catches for 96 and two touchdowns. Um, Jordan, I wanted to, I want to ask you first. Are you uh, a little disappointed that you didn't keep going strong for Eckler after seeing what he did in week one and kind of the news about Melvin Gordon's um, future with the team maybe? No, I mean, I, I still think it's a bit of an overpay, but, uh, you know, I there is some unknown there with Melvin Gordon, but I do think as long as he's out or not playing, uh, Eckler's going to definitely be in that RB1 range. So, And uh, uh, Connor, where, where are you, what are you thinking about Eckler moving forward? So uh, Eckler was on my radar last year as a guy that I, I was at least trying to pick up in a lot of my leagues because he was scoring a decent amount of points even when Gordon was there. And I kind of thought that it was going to be more of a timeshare with uh, Justin Jackson, but Eckler clearly outperformed him. So I think going forward, he's going to be an awesome play. It just really depends on when Gordon comes back, which will hurt his value, obviously, but I don't really think it's going to hurt them that much. And uh, looking at Tristan's team, obviously a big performance at Dak Prescott and uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, but besides that, uh, not too much to ride home about. Vikings want, hey, well, wait, what about his RB2, man? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about that. So Vikings yeah. D scores 16 for Tristan, but uh, his RB2 is Todd Gurley. Connor's a bus pick. Um, 10.6 points for him. Um, both goal line carries for the Rams go to Malcolm Brown. Gurley finishes 14 for 97. Um, one catch for four. So he does go over 100 from scrimmage, but no touchdowns. Um, Connor, are you are you claiming yourself as uh, correct with your pick on Todd Gurley? Well, right now, I got my, my guns out right now. I'm just flexing a little bit. You know, they're looking pretty solid, pretty strong. What I'll say really quickly is what was really telling about that game was that Gurley didn't get the goal line carries. I don't know if that's maybe they don't want him to get injured. You know, obviously, when you're trying to punch it in at that small of distance, it's pretty physical. And who knows how long his knee's going to hold up. But, I mean, when he was getting the ball, he looked fine. But it seems pretty clear that they're going to be more of a committee this year. And Malcolm Brown's going to get some carries, which is why I definitely picked him up off the waiver what up and uh you know Gurley you know I I get what you're saying about the goal on carries but I would I wouldn't classify this as a bad game he goes 14 for 97 6.9 yards a carry and one catch for four yards so he goes over 100 total yards and uh, only 15 touches um obviously it's disappointing he doesn't score but I think I still have some optimism um for Gurley moving forward just because the Rams are such a good offense I do think he's not gonna the whole season he's not gonna have his goal on carries vultured um, so, you know, maybe Todd Gurley is someone you can buy low on if, if Tristan's not feeling too great about him, but, um, do have some optimism about him going forward. Uh, one thing to touch about on Tristan's bench, as we mentioned earlier, Matt Ryan, uh, scores 18.4 fantasy oh, points, you know, so an early lead over Connor, uh, and that bet for those of you, uh, keeping track at home. 
Oh, they're keeping track. I guarantee it. (laughs) Someone's got a whiteboard out every week. They're going to update it. And uh, that's that does it. That does it for week one of uh, you know the EIG season. Um, You know, obviously a long ways to go, but uh, everyone was very eager, excited to get started. Um, Last but not least, uh, on week one, we want to recap the 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 picks that uh, Connor and myself and our special guest from last week, Joe, made. And uh, Joe and myself had the same pick, so we both went three and three. And uh, Connor, um, already in last place, not a surprise, uh, going two and four. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on your uh, week one picks? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> and uh, so now uh, uh, we're going to move forward and we're going to uh, uh, discuss the week two waiver pickups. But before that, we want to get a word um, from one of our sponsors. Hey, guys, did you know that the average American spends over 92 days over their lifetime on the toilet? And while I think you might. And while you might think that sounds like an inflated number, I can assure you from personal experience, it's not. The majority of Americans clean their backsides with rough and cheap toilet paper, but overuse can lead to anal abrasions and chafing. Well, now there's a solution. Introducing the Badonk Bidet, America's first commercially available high-quality bidet. Manufactured in the great state of New Hampshire, the Badonk Bidet allows for the clean and friendly removal of of unwanted material from your sensitive regions. Using their patented high-pressure Whirlpool technology, the Badonk Bidet has revolutionized your defecating experience. With just one click of your Badonk button, your bottom will be washed clean in seconds. So go to mybadonkbidet.com and use the promo code EEIG for 4% off your next purchase. The Badonk Bidet, for when you're whiny, because your hiney ain't too shiny. Just repeat, that's badonkbidet.com slash mybadonkbidet.com. Use the promo code EEIG, get 4% off your next purchase. So we better see, you know, we want our sponsors to support us, so make sure you use those promo codes and get your Badonk Bidet as soon as possible. Uh, You know, just like you would clean your asshole using a Badonk Bidet, the week two wa- the waivers allow you to clean up your team a little bit and we're gonna oh discuss- what a segue we got professional <laughs> in the building uh so we have a couple uh players we want to talk about and uh one of them we talked about last podcast and uh that's tom brady and uh brady was added by uh another than our special guest jordan hazari uh, for $28. And, uh, you know, a big game for Brady last week as they routed the Steelers. Um, 24 for 36, 341, and three touchdowns. Uh, I think last week on the podcast, I proclaimed that uh, I don't, I didn't think there would ever be a situation where I would feel comfortable starting Tom Brady. Mm. Uh, and and oh, did I disagree with you on that? I'm kind of forgetting. <laughs> did I disagree? I can't remember. I might have to, huh. might have to pretty sure I did. The tape. Um, I think I destroyed it last week, so we might have oh, to, okay. uh, you know, dive into some trash cans. But, uh, you know, Jordan picks him up for $28. Um, Jordan, why do you think, uh, one, why do you think Tom Brady was your guy's week? And two, why was $28 the amount that you decided to go with? Um, you know, I think it's a combination of a couple things. I mean, one, just the pure disgust I had of Jameis Winston. Just I had to get rid of him. I couldn't look at him on my team anymore. So uh, that was definitely part of it. And um, also, I'm just a little curious about what happens with this whole Antonio Brown situation, you know, pending whatever whatever legal matters are, are going on right now. 
I think if, if he does play a significant amount of time with the Patriots, it's going to really open things up for Brady. And I think he could have a big year. I just want to note very briefly that Eric was shitting on Tom Brady all last week, and yet he put in an $8 bid to pick him up this week. Just only, want to make that very clear? Only $8, you know, a small percentage of my fab budget. Oh, you, you put in a bid, though. You, you you went from saying you would never play him to putting in a bid for him. I mean, dude, yeah, why, you got to get your story straight. I'm embarrassed for you. Why would you spend eight bucks on a guy that you're just going to sit on your bench? You, you're never going to play him. Why would you? Why would you use your money like that? You know, this week I, I would have played him uh, because I, I I didn't know that the 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 Dolphins were essentially a college team. You know, people always talk about could Alabama beat the Browns. You know, I think the I think the topic should be uh, should could Alabama beat the Dolphins. Um, you know, maybe. How about- how about Kamiak High School? They could probably beat the Dolphins. Yeah, they might. They might be able to. Um, Jordan, seeing that the next highest bid was my bid of eight dollars, does that um, does that disappoint you that you had to that you went as high as twenty eight to get Brady when the next highest bid was eight dollars? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a little disappointing, but uh, you know, I really wanted to get him, so I had to pay up a little bit. You got your guy, man. Got my guy. Got your guy. And you know. Um, uh, week one, after week one, you know, this first week of uh, free agent pickups, everyone starts at $200, so plenty of money to spend for everyone. Plenty. Um, but uh, nobody spent more money than, uh, than my co-host here, Connor McHugh, dropping a whopping $49 um, for Terry McLaurin of the Washington Redskins. Um, for those of you who don't know who Terry McLaurin is, which I think was all of us entering week one, um, he goes five catches on seven targets for 125 and a touchdown. Um, Connor, what made you want to drop a, a pretty significant bid, 25 bid, 25% of your uh, auction budget on uh, Terry McLaurin? Well, I'll say a couple of things. First of all, well, besides the fact that I think he's going to be a stud, um, I, in the past, when we've done these types of situations with the free agency acquisition budget, what I've seen, and actually it's kind of uh, screwed me in the past, is that the first couple of weeks, especially week one, a lot of money spent. And people can't try to get the guys they really, really like and get rid of the guys that they drafted who clearly are not going to be a part of the offense. So for me, I wanted to make sure I got them. Yeah, you know, 49 bucks. Well, you know, the way I, it's like an Xbox game, you know? You go there, you buy, you have a good time. It's like 49. You're like, ah, you know what? It buy me a couple hours of entertainment. And I think Terry's going to be awesome. Let me tell you a little about my, my guy, Terry McLaurin. First of all, number one, he's a Mick. He's a good Irishman. You know, that goes a long way in the league. I got two mix on my team. I'm making a squad. It's going to be sick. Number two, he's, he's a 4-3-5-40. This guy is the definition of speed, okay? He was awesome in college, went to Ohio State, he got drafted in the third round. He was playing with Dwayne Haskins, who potentially may take over for Case Keenum on the Redskins. So even if there's a quarterback change, actually, I think it bumps his value even more up. Not only that, but he was 92% snap count share. The whole game, he played 92% of the snaps. That's insane for a rookie wide receiver. On top of that, look at the other wide receivers that the Redskins have. They have Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn. I mean, there's no one else to throw the ball to. And everyone knows Case Keenum is an idiot chucker. That's why the Vikings were good that one year because he had good wide receivers who catch the ball. I think that Terry McLaurin is an awesome pickup. Not only that, but in your introduction of him, you forgot to mention that Case Keenum missed him on an 80-yard touchdown bomb, which could have absolutely smashed the game wide open. I'm telling you, I love this guy. He's my dude. And you know what? I went and I got my guy. Am I right, Jordan? Got your guy. 
got my guy. All you right. Did drop so Cole Beasley, I have to say though, who I think was your guy before that. So So it's funny how like I guess I don't know how you guys are, but I definitely have a list of players I always tend to gravitate to every year. It's like Cole Beasley, uh Jarvis Landry for me, uh Latavius Murray for a little while. It's like guys who not like the top or the bottom, but kind of like middling, but you know, you can play it for a couple weeks. What I saw from the Buffalo Bills is that they have a lot of options to throw the ball around with Josh Allen. And I, I obviously Cole Beasley is going to get me, you know, between six and 10 points every week, but I'm, I'm trying to win the fucking championship here. Okay. I'm not trying to beat Chris smart, which we all know everyone can do. I'm trying to beat everyone. So I need some guys who can boom. And I think Terry McLaurin will boom. And actually I'm going to go right into my second one because I'm pissed off. No, not so fast. My friend Spencer got John Ross for 30 (laughs) bucks. How dare you guys not bid more for John Ross? I couldn't believe it. I was like, Spencer, this guy doesn't have any wide receivers. No one else tried to go for John Ross for more than that. I couldn't believe it, dude. So I want to, I want to dive in more into that. I wanted to dive into some, some more on McLaurin. Um, you can obviously hear the excitement in Connor's voice. He's fired up. He got Terry McLaurin. Oh, you can see my excitement in my pants right now. I am fired up. In typical Erickson fashion, I'm going to take the other side. I think that um, Connor, Spencer, I think both of them overpaid for the receivers they got. I don't think either of these guys are worth the amount of money that the two gave up. I think both of them are overreacting to a one-week performance, and I think both are going to end up um, maybe not disappointed, but... Uh, I don't think either of them is kind of going to give the production that a 30 or $49 free agent pickup is worth. Um, McLaurin, obviously, he played a high percent of snap counts. Um, Case Keenum might have missed him on an 80-yard touchdown, but Case Keenum also threw for over 400 yards, and Case Keenum is not great. He's not going to throw for 400 yards every week. The Redskins are not going to score um, as much as they did and be as proficient on offense as they did on a week-to-week basis. And I think McLaurin's – I think there's other receivers who he – Connor could have picked up on waivers or oh, yeah, like look to acquire in a trade even um, give me an example. that would give more production than McLaurin. I agree 100% with Eric. No example? Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry, Jordan. I, mean, I can dive into examples. Like, even no, actually, I want to hear Jordan talk because I respect his opinion, actually. So go ahead, dude. He, he's actually won the league. so I do think it's an overreaction on both counts of a one-week performance, and I think that it's important that that week is week one. We see this every year where guys go off in week one and then – don't do as well the rest of the season because all of a sudden now teams can game plan against them. So I think that's definitely going to happen with both these guys. Connor, that's actually you, a I'll, legitimate argument. Wow. A great okay. argument from Jordan. I'll, I'll give you an example. Eric of a didn't player. even make an argument. I'll huh? give you an example of a player that I would have liked over McLaurin. It's actually a player that I picked up after the waiver period went through for $0 and that's DJ Chark um, for the Jags. I think either Chark or Chris Conley, the other Jags receivers would have been better pickups a bit, then McLaurin, um, either with Gardner Minshew or Nick Foles, the quarterback, the Jags are a much better offense than the Redskins. And I think um, their production moving forward is going to be better than McLaurin. And I think this is another opportunity for a board bet between the two Let's of us. Do so it, if we man. Want to I was just thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> but I just want to make sure that I understand that your what your argument is. You're saying that DJ Chark, who is like the wide receiver three on the Jags, is he the wide receiver three? Uh, I guess you could say wide receiver two or three, depending on who you like more, Conley or or Chark. I think that I take Conley, and Didi obviously is number one. I think that McLaurin has the opportunity to be the first and primary wide receiver for the Redskins' offense. I really don't think they have any talent at that position. We've all seen Paul Richardson because we're you know we're all people in the Northwest. He was obviously on the Seahawks. He can catch a couple deep balls. Trey Quinn is you know your Cole Beasley type. Uh, Not going to go into that too much, but. I really think that there's a lot of upside here. And the way that I see it is we added a flex spot. 
we added a bench spot. So to be honest, there's not a whole lot of people out there on the free agency wire. And we got to spend the money while you have it. You got to get your guys. And I'm trying to win the league. And you know what? Here's another bet. I'm going to win the league, Eric. You heard it here first on the pod. I'm calling my shot on Babe Ruth. I'm going for glory. All right, so call Connor Joe Namath. He's calling a championship now. But I think we have a, a bet in place. I'll take uh, DJ Chark versus Terry McLaurin the rest of the season, not counting week one stats. Um, I'll take Chark. You take McLaurin. Do we got ourselves a bet? Points per game or total? Uh, let's do total points. All right, I'm down. All right, you heard, you heard it here. Chark versus McLaurin. Um, you know, those of you playing at home, there's another bet for you. Write it down. Um, but I'm not just going to uh, – we talked about McLaurin. I also think Spencer overpaid for Ross. Um, John Ross, obviously a talented guy. Um, we've all seen him play at UW. First-round pick for the Bengals. Hasn't really been able to make a name for himself in the league yet. Um, has a big game against the Seahawks. A um, couple touchdowns for him, seven catches, 158 yards on 12 targets. Um, kind of like um, who's the Redskins quarterback? I'm blanking. Case Keenum. Uh, Ross in offense is really not going to be that productive, I would say, the rest of the year. Dalton did have a big game against the Seahawks. Kind of a couple fluky plays for Ross. Um, the one touchdown at the end of the half, obviously a, a blown um, time jump on the interception by Tedrick Thompson. And I think the other one was just like a simple drag route where he kind of just broke free without having to make anybody miss. Um, obviously, it was a great week for Ross. I just don't think he's worth $30 moving forward. And there's other guys who I would have liked um, for a much cheaper price. And let's keep in mind, A.J. Green is injured. He's going to come back eventually. That's going to hurt John Ross's value. John Ross is right now basically the wide receiver two for the Bengals. And obviously people are paying attention to Boyd, and Ross is able to feast. When A.J. Green's back, though, I mean, I really think he's going to drop in production. Yeah, I just don't think the Bengals are going to be a super productive offense. Like, it depends on how long Mixon's out as well. Like, Gio Bernard, who's that guy? Like, what's he going to do? Hey, you know, seven points, baby. I love it. Really, what what are the, uh, the Bengals going to do? Um you know, we mentioned Connor's spending earlier. He spent the most um, on one player. Um, also the third most, Malcolm Brown. You kind of mentioned your love for him earlier, um, since you're not super optimistic about Todd Gurley. 29 bucks for him. Um, that was – you just barely eked out. Um, I think that's uh, Ben who bid 26 for him. Um, is Malcolm Brown the guy you're going to be starting this week or just kind of – are you still kind of waiting to see what he does um, on a week-to-week basis? Uh, the latter. I, I really don't know what's going on with that offense. I think there's a good chance there's a committee. And uh, my team does not have a very strong running back core outside of Christian McCaffrey. So for me, I really wanted to get him this week. And actually, I thought uh, 29 bucks. I thought that'd be in the clear. Uh, obviously, it was $3 more than the next bid. So I barely got it. Uh, but I'm not going to be playing him this week. Probably not. And uh, the final guy we wanted to touch on in waivers, that's Adrian Peterson. Um, he was a healthy scratch last week and was dropped by Connor. Um, he was then picked up by Curtis for $13. It sounds like he's going to be the starter this week with um, Darius Geis injured. Um, you know, $13 is a pretty solid price for a guy who, you know, is going to get you. Um, he's got a pretty high high floor. Maybe not the highest ceiling, but a pretty high floor for Peterson. Um, personally, myself, I'd rather play Chris Thompson if I was going to play a Redskins running back. Oh, well, I mean, come on, dude. How but, can you say that? Of course, I think everyone would say that. But, uh, you know, Peterson. I'd probably rather play, you flex. know, Christian McCaffrey than Adrian Peterson, for sure. Hot take. 
uh, hot take from Connor. Um, poo pooing my argument, which I think some people would argue that they'd rather play Peterson this week. Uh, well, but... uh, that's crazy. One thing I'll say, I actually added this just for the people out there who don't know. I wanted to talk about this solely because I'm butthurt because I took him as a possibility of being like, just like Eric said, you know, a high floor RB2, RB3, someone I can play every week and get some points. And then he was inactive week one. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't roster someone who's literally a healthy scratch week one when I can pick up someone else who could potentially bust. So I drop him. Geis gets injured, Curse picks him up, and uh, I'm fuming. Yep, so uh, Connor crying himself a river, uh, but nobody's <laughs> swimming in it. Uh, so now that we've heard some of the, the highly contested uh, week two waiver wire pickups and, uh, you know, uh, hot topics, um, each of us want to give a best waiver pickup of the week. Um, so let's start with Connor. Yeah, I, to be honest, I didn't really like any of the waivers. I mean, it's... Um... There's not a whole lot of pl- good players on the waiver wire. In fact, I'm in a couple other leagues, and I killed it in the waivers. This week, not so much. Obviously, I like McLaurin, and yeah, maybe I paid a lot for him, so we'll see how that turns out. I'm not going to call that the best waiver pickup, but I do like the Malcolm Brown pickup. I think that he could be easily uh, you know, a lower-end RB2 who's touchdown dependent, who could maybe be decent. And judging by Spencer's team and just looking at the general landscape of the league, running backs are made of gold and you got to find them and you got to keep them. Uh, Jordan, who did you think had the best uh, week, uh, I guess week two waiver wire pickup? Yeah, I kind of agree. I didn't see too much value this week in any of these uh, pickups. So I'm just going to go with uh, yourself there, Erickson, with the Panthers DST. Um, You know, they're guaranteed at least three picks going against Jameis. So this should be a good start. Damn, dude, just on the anti-Jameis hype train. Yeah, $2, I was happy with the price I got there. Um, I'm also going to go with myself. Um, kind of like Connor, I, I think there's a lot of overpaying this week, um, but I was able to pick up Mike Davis for $11. I could have had him for 0 actually, because no one else bid on him, um, but still not too disappointed. Um, I think Mike Davis, you know, the first week, he uh, it showed that you know he definitely has a role in this offense as kind of being a guy who both as a pass catcher and a runner played a pretty decent amount of snaps in the Bears first game. And, uh, you know, Mike Davis, obviously not a sexy pick, but the reason I like Mike Davis, um, as we all know, fantasy football, it's all about talent and opportunity. And then when you get a strong mixture of both, that's what gives you those fancy studs. Um, You took that from me. I think, uh, and you took it from who knows who. And (laughs) anyways... Mike Davis, his the talent is there. We've seen it. We've seen it in Seattle. We've seen it for whatever, whatever team he plays for. He's always been a guy who's who can be productive. And, you know, it's obvious he has a role on the team now. Um, even with David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen um, also in that backfield. Um, but I think where he has some upside is that if either Cohen or Montgomery gets injured, he's able to step into either of those guys' roles just because of his ability both as a, a runner in between the tackles as well as a pass catcher. He can do both things. So if either of Cohen, of Cohen or Montgomery get injured, I think Mike Davis can step into their spot and provide some pretty good value. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that, to be honest. I mean, you picked up the fourth best running back on the Chicago Bears. Looking at what Mitch Trubisky and the offense did, I don't think there's four <laughs> available spots for running backs. I mean, you got David Montgomery, who's going to be decent. You got Cohen, who's going to get his targets. You got Ryan Nall, my boy from Portland, Oregon, 
pretty sure he's on the practice squad, but he's got some great legs. He's got power. He's got finesse. The dude's going to be awesome. So I really just don't see the point of even getting Mike Davis. So yeah, look out for Noel on uh, next week's week three waiver wire pickup, uh, best pickup of the week. Yeah, he might still be on the practice squad. And uh, finally, we're going to wrap up uh, week uh, this podcast with previewing week two's matchup. Um, you know, but first we want to we want to give a call out to one of our listeners. So you know, I think uh, we want to li- to see if our listeners are really paying attention and diving into everything that the EIG Pod has to offer. So I'm gonna give a task to none other than Andrew McCory. He wants to hear himself shout out on the pod, so he better be listening. So Andrew, if you're listening out there, I want you to type Gio Bernard for president in the Discord. That's Gio Bernard for president. It'll be interesting to see if he is able to deliver and uh, prove that he is a loyal EIG podcast listener. And if, if he doesn't, those sponsors aren't going to be happy. I can tell you that much. Yeah, how are we going to get more sponsors? <laughs> how are you guys going to get uh, deals like getting 4% off at mybadonkwaday.com slash EIG? I mean, we're talking about, seriously, their patented high-pressure whirlpool technology. I mean, you can't get that anywhere else. It's patented. And uh, so uh, after hearing that, we're going to dive into uh, week two and preview some of the matchups. Let me pull up the schedule here um, so we can kick things going. Um, The first one that shows up for me is myself, so we're just going to go with my matchup. Um, So the 1-0 fighting Eric Erickson's 1QB league is taking on another 1-0 team. Carry on my wayward son, Spencer Sonnenberg. Currently... um, I'm projected a 119.2 to 107.3 victory. Gotta be the worst pairing of logos in the league. Eric, you don't even have a fucking logo. Spencer's <laughs> logo is some Italian dude. I Is that an album cover? I don't know what that is. So since Connor wants to Jordan, you know what that is? Am I crazy? I can't tell what that is. I can't. This looks like a angry Italian dude. Let's start with Connor. You seem to have lots of opinions about my team. Um what what is your thoughts going into this matchup? You know, uh, this was tough. I think this is going to be close. Uh, ESPN has you as basically a 12-point favorite. I don't. I think it's going to be a lot closer than that. I mean, Deshaun Watson is going to play really well. Marquise Brown could probably show up. Um, Derek Henry, Chris Carson are going to get their, their carries in and their touchdowns. But I'm actually going to go with Eric this week, although it pains me to say it. I think you have a pretty well-rounded squad. Uh, Devontae Parker probably shouldn't be playing, though. I'm not sure what's up with that. But besides that one player, I think that at every position you're pretty decent. Who would you who would you uh, start ahead of Parker? Just curious. Sure, I gotta look at your your bench though. Oh, dude, your bench sucks. Um, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're talking so much about DJ Chark, but you're not gonna play him. I mean, I have McLaurin in my starting lineup. Why don't you put your balls where your mouth is? Okay. <laughs> Well, to see, I, I think I'm going to roll with Parker this week. Um, I think some big play potential for him, as well as being Miami's number one right, receiver. Right. They're going to be losing a lot of games, so they're obviously going to be throwing a lot. Fitzpatrick Didn't you just say that the Miami shot. Dolphins are awful? Yeah, but, you know, it's all about opportunity, and uh, I think Parker's going to have plenty of them. So. Well, it's not like the Patriots ever play really well, so that's a good point. Uh, Jordan, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts going to this matchup? I'm going to take Spencer in this one, actually. Uh, I think he's obviously going to see a sharp decline from his receiver output, but I think at the same time he's going to see some of those disappointing running back performances come up a little bit and and lead him to the victory. 
and uh, break the tie. You know, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna change mine. I'm gonna take Spencer this week. I'm looking at Eric's team a little closer. You got <laughs> David Johnson against Baltimore. Baltimore has a good defense. You got Josh Allen versus the Giants. You know, I'm taking Spencer for sure. I think that his team's gonna play real well. Thank you for enlightening me, Jordan. Are the Giants uh, all of a sudden a high powered defense now? I mean, you know, all, if the if the Miami Dolphins have a shitty offense and you play Devontae Parker, ah, the Giants could be high powered defense. Who knows, dude? All right, well, I'm going to uh, go against uh, my host here and take myself. I think, um, like Jordan said, I think his wide receivers aren't just going to see a slight decline. They're going to see a very sharp decline. Um, not expecting huge performances out of either Brown or Ross. Um, obviously, he'll get a bump up from some of his running backs, but I don't think it'll be enough. I think the biggest difference for me, the um, the reason I think I'll win this week will be Travis Kelsey. Um Obviously, with Tyreek Hill out, um, Chelsea becomes more of a hot target for Patrick Mahomes. And the Raiders took some big hits in the secondary, um, losing two players to injury. So I think with a depleted Raiders secondary and uh, Mahomes looking to get the ball to Kelsey, I think he'll be the difference maker. Jordan, don't you think it's kind of weird that whenever Eric talks about his own team, he just can't stop talking about them? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great point. We'll see, maybe, we uh, just, maybe we should just move on. Yeah, we'll move on to somebody. <laughs> Finally, who Eric. Like Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, it's Connor McHugh. Another matchup of 1-0 teams. Why So Curious takes on um, the famous where the fuck are we, Joe Erickson. Um, Connor projected to win 112.7 to 108. 51% win probability. Um, let's start with Jordan and get your thoughts. So this one's pretty easy for me. I think Joe's team overperformed pretty much across the board last week. Uh, so I'm going to take Connor in a blowout win. Uh, Connor, I think we already know the answer to this one. Right now, Jordan, let's go, dude. <laughs> I think we know the answer to this one, but uh, let's hear what you have to say. I mean, do you even need to ask? Let's just go to you. Uh, I'm taking myself, bitch. My team is nasty. Okay, yeah, sure. Giovanni Bernard, a little, you know, a little shaky. Um, but see, unlike Eric, who picks players up, says they're good, and then doesn't play them, I'm playing Terry McLaurin this week. Because I know what it's all about. And it's, I'm all about winning, okay? My team is awesome. I do agree with Jordan, though. I think that Joe's team slightly overperformed last week. And uh, Marlon Mack will fall down. Uh, Hilton will fall down. Godwin maybe do okay. It's hard to tell. But um, I'm just thinking that I, I think I got it this week. Uh, and I'm going to go against the grain once again because I'm not a pansy. I'm going to pick Joe. And uh, my main reason is I'm going to call it Connor. I think um, if he goes with his – is this – your lineup you have now, is that is that probably going to stick? Uh, all lineups are not final. All right, all lineups are not final, but Connor's most likely going to start most these likely. guys. I would um, say, yeah. So Why I think not? Connor's going to lose due to poor roster management and poor lineup <laughs> choices. Um, as he mentioned, he is uh, stroking off Terry McLaurin like Antonio Brown's trainer. Um, terrible move, benching Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, and Calvin Ridley for the likes of Terry McLaurin and Jamison Crowder. I know Crowder did have a big week one, but I think once again, Connor's reacting to one week of fantasy play. Um, we've all seen guys have big performances in week one before and then them not lead to much. I think Connor, a huge overreaction from, from him here, benching the likes of Ridley and Boyd, two guys who have proven multiple weeks, not just one week, that they are um, productive fantasy players. So, so, so this is the difference between me and you. You know, I, I make my decisions based off of rational facts. I use logic and reason. And uh, you're over there at the kiddie pool, you know, excited about some Legos. 
Look at the players that I'm playing this week. Jarvis Landry's playing the Jets. Jets have a decent defense, okay? And Jarvis Landry and the Cleveland Browns didn't do so well last year. We know – sorry, last week. Excuse me. Baker likes to throw the ball around. I'm not really sure I can play him. Tyler Boyd, dude, the Niners came out and smacked the Bucks last week. I believe they had two pick sixes. I mean, the, the defense that they have with Nick Bosa I think is quite good. So I'm not really high on Boyd this week. I'm not high on Cincinnati, although I have to play Gio Bernardo, obviously. And with Calvin Ridley, dude, the <laughs> – Philadelphia Eagles have a great defense, and I really think that Ridley was actually someone I was. It was back and forth between McLaurin and Ridley, and I'm obviously you know I'm a real man. I play the players I pick up, so I'm playing McLaurin. He's a good Irishman. One thing about Jameson Crowder though is that the Browns prove that their defense sucks. They got smashed by the Titans. I'm playing everyone against the Browns. So Connor, I think I heard, or Jordan, I was I think I heard Connor just say that the Eagles have a great defense, but last week they gave up. Over 400 passing guards to Case Keenum. A lot of those going to Terry McLaurin. I'm um, really sure that the Eagles are a great D. And wouldn't you know if, if Terry McLaurin is able to go have a huge performance against the Eagles? Wouldn't you think Calvin Ridley would be able to do the same? I mean, you would think so. But according to Connor, Terry McLaurin's just a generational talent. So who really knows? And we know, you know, oh, Connor's you know, a magician. Uh, he obviously can see things that others can't. So maybe he sees that Terry McLaurin is going to have a big week. But um, yeah, I see a lot of things. That's a good point. I'm not one of those who sees that coming. So, um, but uh, you know, Connor, two to one. Uh, uh, ESPN has you favored as well. So we'll see. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, but uh, moving on to um, a matchup of 0-1 teams, that's uh, Curtis Whittle, Hotel Motel Galdi, and taking on Wenzel Media 33, Carson's Carnage, Ben Hazari. This is a very close matchup. Uh, Curtis, a very slight favorite, 112.9 to 112.6. Win um, probability is set at 50, so um, ESPN isn't going to show us who they um, think is going to win. Just a small prediction victory for Curtis. Um Looking at it real quick, uh, I'm not really sure where to go on this one. Does anyone uh, have a definitive answer they want to give? I mean, I, I wouldn't say I have a definitive answer. It's, I think it's going to be really close. I think I'm going to lean towards Curtis, though. Um, I'm just looking at Devontae Adams, and you would think, yeah, he's going to have a better game than he did last week. But, I mean, he's going up another up against another tough secondary against Minnesota. So, uh you know, I think he's. It's going to take a couple of weeks for him to get up to to his projected value there. You know what? Then I'm going to lean the other way. I'm going to take Ben in this matchup. You know, uh, Curtis. I think his team is solid, but I, I really don't see Miles Sanders doing too much. I don't think Adrian Peters is going to do too much against Dallas. Um, you make a good point. You know, Devontae Adams may not score that many points against Minnesota, but he also has Amari Cooper and Deshaun Jackson. Josh Jacobs is going to do well. Who knows about the rest of his team? But, you know, it is a toss-up. I'm leaning towards Ben. Yeah, this one's going to be really close. I'm just looking at it now. I'm really not sure who's going to win. The more I look at it, I just don't even get any closer to an answer. But I think I'm going to lean with Curtis. Uh, I think he gets a better performance out of Cam Newton. Um, some of his, you know, higher-profile guys step up a little bit. Ben's team bitten by injuries a little bit with Hunter Henry and Darius guys both out of the lineup. Um, so one obviously could go either way, but I'm going to – Give the edge to Curtis, to Curtis. Uh, two more matchups to go. Check that. Three more matchups to go in the predictions. Uh, Jordan, let's go to your matchup. Um, obviously, you mentioned you 0-1, but the second highest scoring team last week. You're taking on Andrew McCory. Um, right now, McCory's projected the victor 111.5 to 105.7. Jordan, let's start with yourself. What are you thinking about your matchup this week? 
I'm going to take myself in this one. Um, you know, the running backs are definitely a little sketchy, but uh, I think the receivers will be able to step up. And I think if I get a touchdown or two from Brady to Gordon, that'll really pump up the numbers there. Um, I also think despite McCoy's comments about Antonio Brown, I think he's he's causing some he's wreaking some havoc in the in the locker room. So that's going to cause some tension among his players. Very solid point. Uh, Connor, what are you thinking about this one? You know, I'm. I, I, feel bad that I'm going to say this because, you know, I was just talking to this guy today. I was talking to McCory. He was saying how everyone's against him. He was, you know, really having that, you know, victim mentality. He's got a good squad. Obviously, he overcame the odds last week when we all picked against him. And unfortunately, I'm going to pick against him this week. I'm taking Jordan. I really like the Tom Brady pickup. I think he's going to absolutely dominate the Dolphins. I really like your two flex plays with D.D. Westbrook and Josh Gordon. Your team overall is very solid. You look at Andrew's team. And, you know, James Conner had some issues last week. Leonard Fournette underperformed last week. You got Adam Thielen playing against Green Bay. I mean, he's playing DJ Moore. It's like, it's tough. But I got to go with the guest, Jordan Hazari. I'm going to I'm gonna go with Andrew in this one. What's wrong with DJ Moore, Connor? Pretty good matchup against the Bucks. He's obviously going to outscore Terry McLaurin. But either way, um, you mentioned Connor from... What's that? Is that another bet Connor I hear? From it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let's do that one. Uh, DJ Moore points this week against Terry McLaurin. All right. Let's do it. Let's put some money on this one. We've put, we put money on all of them. What are you talking about? We didn't put money on the last one, but we, let's put well, We were going to talk about it later. Dude. Obviously, you negotiate, talk terms later, you know? All right. Sounds like Connor's scared already, but either way, it's a bet. What do you want? Do you want 10 bucks? Sure. You right, got it. Um, but I think, you know, Fournette, Connor, Thielen, it's going to be uh, some good performances from them. Watkins, obviously, he's not going to put up 40 points, but another good matchup for him. I think um, Josh Gordon, who knows what's going to happen with Antonio Brown, but you could see his production dip a little bit if he is in the lineup. Hawkinson obviously had a career day last week. Expect to see some regression from him. Um, Tom Brady, I wouldn't be surprised if he scored 30 points. Also, wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots rushed for five touchdowns and he didn't have a big game. Um, but curious to see what happens there. Jordan, I wanted to ask you, you obviously lose Tevin Coleman this but week. You wouldn't be surprised the Patriots rush for five touchdowns. That would be surprising. I think that would be very surprising. I'd be, I would be very surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be very surprised. I guess I would be somewhat surprised, but well, you, wait, you just said you wouldn't be surprised. Now you're saying you are going to be surprised. Either way, I got a question for Jordan. Jordan, can you take over the? You take over as host, dude. We're doing a substitute, all right? Uh, Jordan loses Tevin Coleman to injury. Um, sounds like he could be out for a few weeks. Um, you move Terry Cohen to your RB two. You're obviously very thin at running back to begin the season. Um, we've talked a lot about your potential to make a trade for a running back. Has that um, has that urge grown anymore um, with the news of Coleman potentially being out multiple weeks? I mean, it has for sure. Uh, that was a tough loss, but you know, I from what I've seen so far, it's just what people want for their running backs is just too too pricey for me. So, uh, you know, I think I can get by with with my running back situation as is right now, and uh, we'll see. So we'll see. Maybe uh, with if Jordan ends up zero two, that attitude will change. Um, but a really good matchup this week between him and Andrew. Um, Jordan takes a two to one victory in the predictor. However. Uh, moving on, we got uh, looks like our final matchup of 0-1 teams. That's Chris Smart, Ezekiel 25-17 against uh, Chin Straps and Tristan. Uh, Chris projected the victor here, 117.2 to 106.5. Um, anyone have any thoughts and want to jump out on this one? 
Yeah, you know, I'll jump right in. Uh, you know, ESPN, they make these crazy predictions. Like, they actually think Chris is going to win a game. Are you kidding? I'm taking Tristan <laughs> all the way, dude. Dak Prescott is going off. Kamara in the Monday night game was unstoppable. It's pretty clear they're not going to use Latavius Murray like they use Mark Ingram. Gurley, you know, I'm not high on him. We'll just go. We'll just move past that to move on to the next one. I, you know, the rest of this team's kind of mediocre, but there's no way in goddamn chance I'm going to predict Chris Smart's going to win a game. High praise from Connor there, uh, giving Tristan the advantage. I'm going to go the opposite of this one and go with Chris. Um, I really like the matchups he's got. Uh, you know, Jack DeAndre Hopkins, I think his matchup proved going against Jacksonville. They obviously got torn up last week, aren't the same defense they used to be. Uh, Mahomes against Oakland, we've hit on him a few times already, even with the loss of Tyreek Hill. Um, Zeke going against Washington, I expect a really big day out of him. And, uh, you know, some nice plays at Nicole Harmon, Alshon Jeffrey. I like his receivers to have better weeks than they did last week. So I'm going to go with Chris. Uh, Jordan, you got to break the tie on this one. Who are you taking? Yeah, I'm going with Chris as well. Um, I agree. He's got a lot of good matchups there. And I do think um, with uh, Sammy Watkins' performance last week, defense is kind of going to be zoning in on him. And uh, I think Nicole Harmon could have a breakout week, which uh, would be huge for Chris because he's got Mahomes too. So uh, we'll see if uh, if Connor knows what he's talking about, if he can actually see Chris win a game. Um, I know it's not a, a common in the EIG, but, uh, you know, it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens. And it's like Haley's Comet, you know, happens every once in 100 years. And uh, last but not least, last matchup um, here to break down, Hobie's Heroes 1-0 taking on um, Seamus O'Sullivan's number one team. I don't know if that league name holds true anymore. I'm um, Jen Jerry. Uh, Anybody heard from Seamus O'Sullivan? It's been a bit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's helping out on uh, Trump's next campaign. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So uh, we'll have to see if he's able to make any appearances in the EIG this season. Might have to have him on as a special guest. Um, but uh, Jerry, despite being uh, the worst record here, projected to win 108.5 to 105.7. Um, anyone got a, a bold prediction for this one? I think I'm going to side with ESPN. I'm going with Jerry. Any, uh, any reason for that one? Uh, I think a couple of his guys definitely underperformed last week and uh, will step up. I like Tyrell Williams for sure now that uh, Antonio Brown's not on the team anymore, and we saw what he did last week with that. And, um, you know, we'll see what Lamar Jackson can do when he's playing a, a actual NFL team. I think I'm going to go with Jerry as well. Um, hope he's fairly squeaky on a victory last week. Um, I just think Austin Eckler's performance obviously was what propelled him to victory. Eckler going to have a good season, but it's going to be hard to repeat what he did there. Um, I do think Lamar Jackson could have another big week, and Jerry will see some better performances from his, uh, his secondary players to uh, get him a victory. Yeah, I actually, I think this is going to be, we talked about close matches before. I really think this is going to be the closest matchup coming next week. They both have very solid squads with one really bad player, i.e. Curtis Samuel and Latavius Murray. But I, I'm going to give the edge to Jerry. I'm going to join the, the crowd. I'm going to uh, assimilate into society and uh, do what you guys do. All right, so that's our only clean sweep, I believe, of the week. Um a little shot Connor called Latavius Murray a bad player there, but we're going to uh, gloss over that because we know Connor's predictions. Um, maybe a little cockamamie. 
but uh you guys hear the predictions um if you have a different that thoughts, a cup maybe isn't that a kind of a bird or something what are you talking about, maybe if you guys have thoughts on the predictions or want to give your own predictions make sure you uh drop them in the discord um get that chat going we want uh, our eig discord to be active um throughout the entire season and uh that's going to do it for today's podcast um once again want to give a special shout out to our sponsor um badonk bidet make sure you use promo code eig for four percent off at checkout uh also want to give a special thanks to our guest jordan hope you enjoyed your uh, time on the show today Woo! absolutely guys thank you for having Good work, me on. jordan connor another great pod as always hope you guys enjoyed it you don't gotta tell me that i already know dude you don't gotta tell me dude <laughs> hope everyone enjoyed and uh uh thank you for listening <laughs>